9. We'll look at the Word of God together this morning. A few weeks ago, it was an honor and privilege to preach on a Sunday morning, and the Lord allowed us to preach on a leper that was cleansed. And this morning, by God's help, this is what the Lord has placed on my heart this morning. I want to preach on a blind man that was healed. And the title of the message would be Anointed Eyes. Anointed Eyes. May the Lord help us. I know in this number of people, and appreciate the good number here on Sunday morning, I know in this crowd of, of people that there no doubt are hundreds of needs. And there's no physical human way I could know all the different situations that's going on in your world. But I know a God who knows everything. Amen. God knows what's going on in your life, your world. And I pray God will take his word and speak to your heart, your need, your situation today. And that's just naming the ones that are here under this roof. Not to mention all those that would be watching online or listening by radio. Listen, there are a lot of folks that are uh, tuned in today and, and needing help. And I pray God will take the message, take his word. And just like that uh, little lunch with five loaves and two fishes, that the Lord would break it, the Lord would bless it, amen, and spread it to the multitude today. Let's, let's look at the Bible. John chapter 9, verse number 1. The Bible says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? I love the answer that Jesus gave because many people associate physical issues or problems with sin, and that's not always the case. Now, we know people running from God that God will chastise and judge them and there may be something going on in someone's life as a result of their sin. But listen, that is not always the case. And that was true in Job's life. Job, Job a man that feared God and eschewed evil, but uh, there was things that happened in Job's life not because of his sin. And oftentimes people mix that up in their mind but I want you to see verse 3. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must, boy, that's a good study in the book of John, study on the word must, all the things that Jesus said he must do. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Boy, that was an unusual mixture right there, clay and spittle. Dirt and spit. That would probably not pass in, in most uh, 
health stores as a cure for any or remedy for anything. Clay and dirt and spit. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, verse 7, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. God worked a miracle this day. God healed a blind man. Listen, I'm glad we know a God and Savior that's able to work and do miraculous things in people's lives. I believe God could do that today, don't you? I tell you, God worked a miracle yesterday, amen, in Blake's life when he trusted Christ as his Savior, was passed from death unto life. That's a miracle of Almighty God, amen. God is a miracle-working God. Let's bow our heads, please, for prayer, and we'll pray before the message. Father, we love you. Thank you for the privilege to preach this morning. Lord, we thank you for the Bible. I'm so encouraged seeing faces in this auditorium. Some I've had the privilege to speak to before the service. Others I have not. And Lord, I, I know there's a lot of things swirling in people's lives, but Lord, it's so good to meet together this morning around your word. Lord, I pray you'd help us, Lord. Help us as individuals. Help us as a church family. Lord, someone here that's not saved, God, would you reach down deep into their heart. Help them see their need to be saved. And Lord, I pray today would be the glad day they say uh, that they're sorry of their sin and trust you as their Savior and they call upon the name of the Lord. Oh, we... We pray for that. Pray you'll change lives, change hearts. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. As I mentioned, I'd like to preach today on anointed eyes, anointed eyes. The situation in this man's life was extreme. This man's blindness was not uh, from something of a uh, a nature that was caused by his, his life or maybe an incident or something, an injury that occurred in his life. This man had never seen the light of day. The Bible says he was blind from his birth. He was born blind. He was born in this condition. Listen, this is a condition that the optician or the optometry or the ophthalmologist, whichever one of those doctors, amen, could try to look after this man's situation. Uh, this man's eye problem was one from birth that was beyond any physical help, yep. any physical remedy, any physical nature that could help this individual. But as I mentioned earlier, God worked a miracle in this man's life. God worked in this man where he came seeing, the Bible says in verse number 7. He came with his sight after never having seen anything he now sees. 
How many of you remember the day you received Christ as your Savior? How many remember the day when you were born again in the blindness, in the darkness of your sin and the marvelous light of God shined in your hearts through Christ Jesus? Boy, it's good to see, isn't it? It's beautiful to be able to look out and to be able to see the beauty of God's creation and see what God's done. And uh, it's a blessing to see spiritually. It's a blessing those who've walked in darkness that now you can see the light. Now, I want to look at this text, and there are several things that have jumped out at me as I read and studied John chapter number 9. But something I notice about this situation, there was a lot of questions began to, to swirl around God working in this man's life. You know, a lot of people that never were curious, never were questioning anything that were, was going on around here, that all of a sudden when God began to work and this man who was blind now begins to see, the religious crowd in particular began to ask questions. Questions started to swirl. Amen. I tell you, you see the, even the, adversary, the devil working against the people of God, that's a good sign that God's doing something. <laughs> why, would, why would the devil even care if there was a stagnant group of people that were not going forward for God or God was not blessing and where God was not working? The devil's not concerned about trying to hinder a crowd like that. But where God's working, amen, there's always questions. There's always opposition. Amen. You say, preacher, I know this and I know that. Well, buckle down, amen. God's working. So therefore, there'll probably be some questions. There'll probably be some opposition. That's just the way it is. Here, several questions arose uh, concerning this man, and they began in verse number 8, shortly after he came seeing. Verse 8, the neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? The question became apparent wondering if this was truly him, if this was the man, the same one that sat and begged. Some said, this is he, affirming that. Others said, he is like him. Some said, he, he's, he's like him, he was blind, but this is not him. In verse number nine, he said with his own mouth, but he said, I am he. This was an acknowledgment of his own condition. He said, this is a true statement. I am that one that was born blind. I am he. He admitted, he acknowledged his condition of where he was sitting and begging as a blind man. He identified himself as what he really was. You know, if God's going to help anybody, they need to first come to the end of their rope and the end of themselves and admit what they truly are. Yes. 
If people were going to get help from God, they must be willing to confess, I am he. I am the one that was in need. I am the one that am in my sinful condition. Let me say this from a, a sincere heart, and I'm listen, I, I say this out of a heart of, of love and concern. You'll never get help from God until you're willing to admit where you are. You'll never get help from God until you're willing to admit. Listen, some people may be hindered from seeing and having sight because they're blinded by their sin. Some people are blinded by their situation. They can't see past the present circumstances in their life. They're in their sin. They're in this situation that has engulfed them, maybe with friends or maybe in their sin, in their family situation. Maybe they uh, have been uh, abusing a substance. Maybe uh, it's a matter of sensuality. Maybe it's a matter of self. They can't get beyond seeing their own self and their own situation. Listen, people will never get help from God. God until they see past their self. They got to see their need. You've heard it said before, no one will ever get saved until first they get lost. They must see themselves a sinner. I tell you, this man knew he was blind. He knew he needed help from the Lord. The Lord gave him sight and they asked him, who is this man? He said, Without any hesitation, that's me, that's me. It's I am he, I'm the one that had a need. Maybe that's you today. Maybe God has brought you to the house of God because you are the one sitting right here today that needs some help from God. Listen, the first thing is to Throw aside all the excuses and all the reasons why you shouldn't get help from God today and just admit, I am he. I'm the one that needs help today. Amen. I tell you, you're a good candidate for help if you just admit and confess, I need some help today from God. I need help. Well, verse number 10, here's some more of the questioning that took place. Therefore said they unto him, how were thine eyes opened? Boy, that's a good question. I know a lot of people had not beheld such a miracle before, had looked upon this man that was blind from his birth and said, how in the world did you get sight? How did that happen? You know, have you ever been out and, and asked, somebody asked you about your past? How did... How did you come from being that to being this? And you talk about a wide open door to witness to somebody. Amen. You mean the person I used to know? How come you're like this? Oh, let me tell you what someone did for me. What a great opportunity to witness. And here the crowd begins to ask, how were thine eyes opened? And I like the response of the blind man. He answered, verse 11, he answered and said, a man that is called Jesus. <laughs> That's a good answer right there, amen. 
I'd say that'd be a good answer to give some sinner that asks you how things have happened in your life and what God did for you. Let me tell you about a man called Jesus. Amen. Make all the difference in your life. Amen. Jesus can make you whole. A man that is called Jesus. That is the answer of his cure. This man, without hesitation, began to describe what Jesus had done for him. Listen, if you're saved, don't be ashamed of the Lord. Someone like Jesus Christ take you from your sin and your debauchery and your blindness and give you sight and place you in the family of God, give you a new life and a new start. Nothing better this world could afford, nothing better that this world could do for you. Jesus gave you eternal life. You know, you ought to be so thankful for that. You ought to tell, the, tell it from the housetops, amen. Tell people, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. I tell you, if you were getting ready to cross this street out here and people do fly around this corner after church, be careful, amen. Thank you, Brother Morgan, Brother Wiseman, others uh, that have been out there helping with the crosswalk. Listen, people ignore, it, totally ignore the red light there and come flying around. Man, I'm telling you, they can get up real fast by the time they get down here. And if you were crossing that road and somebody jumped and snatched you out from an oncoming vehicle and pulled you to safety, you would be indebted in your spirit to them as long as you live. Thank you, thank you for saving my life. You'd probably tell everybody, oh, so-and-so, they saved my life. Well, how about Jesus Christ who saved your soul, amen? Saved you not from an oncoming vehicle, but saved you from a devil's hell, amen? Jesus Christ, proclaim it from the housetops. He's the cure, amen. He's the answer to this blind man's cure. Well, here's another question. There are several questions in this text. I'm going to deal with three today in the message. But the Bible says in verse 16, Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner, speaking of Jesus, that's a blasphemous statement, calling Jesus a sinner. How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They even bring the blind man's parents in and they confirm and say, yes, we are his parents. He was born blind. But how he was healed, uh, they basically said, in verse 23, therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. <laughs> He's old enough, ask him if Jesus healed him. Then again called they the man that was blind, verse 24, and said unto him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Trying to distinguish God in a different category than Jesus and labeling him as a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, 
that whereas I was blind, now I see. The question is, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And the answer is from the blind man, one thing I know, whereas I was blind, now, now I can see. This was the affirmation by his own confession. He affirmed the fact that Jesus Christ was who he said he was. He was God manifest in flesh, and Jesus healed him. There's no arguing with a blind man when he now can see. There is no defense against that. His testimony declared loudly, this is the God that can work miracles. This is a God that can make a blind man see. Thank God for the miracle working power of the Lord. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 4 in your Bible. Let's turn and look at a few passages here in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll look at verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 17. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 17. The Bible says this, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, having given themselves over unto lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. Blindness, although physical blindness, not always a result of someone's sin, Jesus clarified that in John 9, is a picture of someone in the darkness of their iniquity, in the darkness of their sin. It's pictured in the Bible as blindness, the blindness of their heart. How many do you know today that are in the blindness of their sin? They can't see beyond their condition. They can't see beyond their sin. They can't see. They're blind. They're blind. We are not to be as the blind leading the blind. Amen. Some of us with sight need to try to help them see the truth of God. Amen. Amen. But spiritually, people are blind in their sin, in their situation, in their self, blinded by Satan and the working of our old adversary, the devil. People are blind. People are blind. People need to see the light. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's read another portion of scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3. Now look please with me in the Bible. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, 
lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves. Oh, no, there's nothing good in us to preach about. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen. This assembly this morning is not for us to proclaim our own goodness, how good we are. We all know that we're sinners saved by grace. Amen. If there's anything good here in us, it's what Christ has done in and through us. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Now listen, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of of Jesus Christ, amen. Those who were in darkness, those who were blinded by their own sin and debauchery, God's turned the light on, amen, and shone the light into their hearts to give the light the glorious gospel. What a blessing. Now, as I look at that blind man in John chapter number 9, there were some very unorthodox, unusual, and unassuming things that the Lord mixed together to put on those blind, blinded eyes so that that man could see. That dirt from the ground which he would mix with his own spittle, that's a nice way of saying spit, amen. The Lord spat on the ground and made clay from that dirt on that ground. Two things, in all honesty, most people really wouldn't want in their eyeball. Brother Sosby, just this past week, was working here at the church, had to go, I think, to urgent care. His eye swelled up something awful. He had been working and got some dust or particles or something in his eye and it, uh, it, it looked awful. It looked like his wife had thumped him right there on the eyeball. But uh, it, it looked bad. It looks about as good as it can now. Amen. But uh, Brother Ben had an irritated eye because he got some dust particles, got some stuff in there that irritated his eye. Can you imagine taking dirt from the ground and going in your eyeball? That is not what you want in your eye. You know, spitting in, in somebody's eye, I know that's used as a form of disrespecting somebody. But just the thought of what's been in somebody's mouth with all the germs and everything else, that spit would go in, much less be put in somebody else's eye. Dirt and spit. Look at 2 Corinthians. I want you to see this. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, where we read just a moment ago. The Bible talks about 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the light of the glorious gospel, that darkness that is penetrated by, by the marvelous light that has shined from God into these hearts. 
And the Bible says in verse 7, but we have this treasure, the light of God, in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now here's the thing with the clay and the spittle. That clay represents the dirt, this earth, that which is of clay, that which is of the flesh. Listen, isn't it a miraculous thing that God uses any of us as instruments of his to proclaim his truth? Just earthen vessels. Do you know the miracle that's worked through that? It's so God gets glory for it and not man. It's so God gets the credit for the miracle and not man, amen. God can use a pile of dirt, amen, to work a miracle. That's all of God, not of us. Earthen vessels. God can take a pile of dirt and put in that dirt what came forth from his mouth. Boy, I see there a great picture of what comes forth from the mouth of God is the word of God. Amen. God takes a pile of dirt and mixes his word with it and uses that as a healing agent to heal a blind man. Boy, I tell you what, God's people get full of the spirit of God and get full of the word of God there's no telling what God might do in somebody else's life with just a bunch of, of clay and a bunch of spittle, amen, and God put it together and see God work in somebody's life. What a miracle God worked. But not to be forgotten, that clay and that spittle put together was put on that man's eyes with the touch of the master's hand. God touched that man's eyes with his own hand. The power of God, the touch of God to change a life, to change a heart, to change a family, to challenge a church. Amen. Just earthen vessels. But with the word of God and the touch of God, the power of God, God can do miraculous things. Amen. You say, you wouldn't believe the situation in my house. My home is a wreck. You wouldn't believe what's going on in my world. I may not understand all the details, but I know a power-working God that's able to change that thing and to turn that home around. Amen. God can do that. You say, preacher, you don't realize how far I've run in sin and how far I've gotten away from God. And yes, I may not understand all that, but I know a God that's able to work in that heart. I know God that's able to change that life through his own power and his own touch. Amen. There may be a, a situation you're dealing with. You say, preacher, I don't understand how I'm going to get through this. It may be a a physical thing, maybe a financial thing. Listen, I don't know all the situation, but I know a God who can. Amen. I know a power working God. How unorthodox is clay and spittle?
two things you don't even want near your eye, much less to be clumped right in there together. But God took that with the touch of his hand. And now a blind man can see. Somebody who was in darkness is now brought into God's marvelous light. I tell you, this is, as far as I know, the first time I've ever met Blake. Blake, have we ever met before? I don't, I don't think we have. It touched my heart this morning. I came into church and heard that a young man got saved yesterday. That's my brother in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. God did something special in that man's heart. God can do that today. If you're here and not saved, God can do something special in your heart, in your life. Let's stand to our feet, please. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm glad for a blind man that was healed. I'm glad for a blind man that received his sight. Listen, I know there's God's people, and several have already stepped out wanting to come and pray, and I'm thankful for that. You, you help yourself. You do what you feel you need to do this morning. But I want to give our attention first and foremost in this invitation, maybe to someone that has never been saved. You've been running from God in your darkness and your sin. Jesus Christ can touch you and give you life and let you see the glorious light of the gospel. Be saved today. If you need to be saved, please come forward. We'll be glad to take a Bible, show you from the Word of God how you can be born again today and know it. Amen. Be born again. We want you to do that. Others have come to pray. If you need to come, listen, a need in your life. Listen, Jesus has powerful hands. The touch of the master's hand, he can touch your situation. He can touch your life. The Lord knows what you need. And uh, we'd love for you to come and pray if God has touched your heart today. Brother Stevens, if you're I simple. stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. He took my sins and my sorrows, he made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. Sing it with me. How marvelous, how wonderful and my song shall ever be how marvelous how wonderful is my savior's love for me all right let's all bow our heads we're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer and
I appreciate uh, those that have uh, gotten help from the Lord this morning. Amen. And we thank the Lord for that. Hope you'll be back tonight. We're going to maybe look at uh, not only the sinner that needed to have anointed eyes, but the children of God also need anointed eyes. And we're going to look at that maybe tonight. So you make sure you're back in your place. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for these that's come today. And uh, Lord, prayed and received the help they need for their own lives. And Lord, if there's somebody here that w was listening today that's not saved, God, may you continue to work in their heart. Thank you for my new brother in Christ reported yesterday, got saved. What a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for this time, this service we've had. May you keep each one safe and uh, help us, Lord, to uh, see the need of this world. And we'll give you the thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.